Hello, everybody. We are back here at the Gilberto Silva, the Invisible Wall podcast show. Just, you know, some interesting topics for today. We have a Premier League review. Finally, Premier League has finished after a few months of uncertainty. What's your thought about it, my friend, Tim Chase from Spanning Town? How are you? Hey, Gilberto Silva from Logo de Prata. How are you, mate? Very good, my friend. Good, good. You? I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, I think it's, you said you're pleased to see the season finished. I'm gutted to see it finished because we didn't have football for so long. It's like losing a lost, losing a friend that you found again. Like you go away on holiday, find a friend that you haven't seen since school. You had two weeks with them and then you're back off home and you won't see each other again for years. It was a bit like that. It was like I'm losing an old school friend. Um, <laughs> but I think, I, think, I think the Premier League um, should have a certain amount of credit for getting it back on back played because um, obviously they could have and all the um, things they put in place to make sure it was safe like no ball boys obviously couldn't have the crowd in there which is really sad um, but I think it was the only way the football was ever going to get played um, so I think the Premier League needs a kind of a kind of round of applause or some a bit of credit to getting it the league back up and running um, and then finishing it well, not too far past when it normally finishes um, so yeah so it's pleased to see the football back Uh, and then we got a bit of a break in its Champions League stuff, and then it's a bit more break, and the, the season starts again on the 13th of September. Well, I think it was important to finish the season yeah. after a few months of uncertainty for everyone, you know, the clubs, players, you know, staff, all the people involved in the football industry to have football back, and we've, you know, taken care of all the procedures for the security of everybody. This was very important. I think yeah, we have to give credit to everyone involved in this process because, um, you know, in this tough time of uh, this pandemic, you know, it's hard sometimes to make this kind of decision. Yeah. And um, everyone did a great job, you know, from the club's point of view, the Premier League. And um, I think everyone did their job in a certain way, contribute that to... Uh, to have less problem, you know, and to have the football back and finish the season. For some clubs, uh, the season finish, you know, uh, quite well. For some others, not really good. For some others, very, very bad. But uh, as it happened everywhere, we know that. But um, we are going to talk about Arsenal, how the season went for them. There is some interesting topics to, to talk about, you know, from the beginning of the season, the transition they, they got from one manager to another, and uh, how they end up this season. You know, it's not um, in a very good position to be compared to the last, I don't know, how many years Arsenal did not finish in a, in a very bad position like this. Yeah. So I guess there's, thinking about it, I guess there's three parts to the season isn't it there's Emery then there's Arteta and then there's after the lockdown so I guess there's almost three areas for us to kind of talk about really isn't there yeah yeah um, exactly. so obviously um, I think it was the 29th of November if I remember rightly it's important to have uh, right information yeah, I hope yeah. the Google is right yeah well, exactly yeah Uh, well, I hope the BBC website is right. Um, so, 29th of November. So, what? Where did it? I think it was the only decision they had to make. I think 
Arsenal kind of gave as much time as they could. He was there for 18 months. Um, and I kind of felt a bit sorry for him because people used to make fun of his accent and he always, like, his English wasn't perfect. And I think it was pretty unfair. that, And I don't like all that sort of stuff. Um, and then a lot of people kind of jumped on his back and were just really negative against him. I don't... I think they gave... I think their patience ran out from the fans quite early. I think probably after nine months or so, fans were like, get him out. He's not right. And it was made him... And when the when that kind of happens, it's really hard to kind of get it back, especially with kind of not the, the squad that he wanted. But um, people listening to this podcast listen to your voice more than mine. So what do you think? The point for me is that um, for any manager after Arsene, it would be very hard. He, great point. He, you know, he got all the heritage from, from Arsene, arrived in a new club with all the expectation from the fans and the club itself. And um, after 20, 22 years of one regime of uh, management from Arsene that everyone knows, I remember a few times I spoke regarding Arsene when uh, the fans and uh, sometimes media start to go very hard on him that I said when he left the club, people would miss him mm. very badly. And uh, didn't la- didn't take so long, I guess. No. <laughs> because, uh, you, know, you know, he starts very positive and uh, people really... Uh, su- supportive to him, uh, believing that uh, he was the right person to uh, to push the club, uh, put the club back in the, in the position they, they expe- expect. You know, play Champions League, for example, is one important thing for the club and the fight for the Premier League title. Yeah. But this didn't happen as people expect. You know, I think there was a lot of expectation because uh, for Many, many people uh, from our Arsenal, Arsenal fans especially, they were very impatient with Arsene. For them, they, okay, for who else coming, coming to the club, maybe it's a better option. Now, you know, it's, it's important to change the philosophy, change the manager and see what's happened. But you have to be very careful, you know, when you have to make these changes. But after uh, Unai, Having out it, you know, it seems like uh, uh, a very quick transition from from him to another manager. But uh, this was um, like uh, a different time for for the club after 22 years of Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, I think it's um, well. Look, if you the only way you can compare it to the other long-serving manager was Sir Alex Ferguson, and David Moyes uh, joined off straight away after him. And it was almost identical. Fans weren't interested. Uh, they gave him about 18 months. And if you look back, his win ratio was better than the next managers they had as well. So it was better than Mourinho. I can't even remember the other managers they had in between. But his win ratio was much better. David Moyes' win ratio was better than any of the others. And better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's when he first started. Um, but I think because Solskjaer's obviously a legend at the club, um, people are much more kind of forgiving. I think Arsenal, Arsenal, sorry, Manchester United fans are a little bit more kind of forgiving than that because I think Manchester United were spending lots of money on players whereas Arsenal weren't. So I think that was kind of the double frustrations. They felt they didn't have the right manager 
and they weren't spending enough in the transfer windows. The Arsenal fans are going, we're getting nothing. There's no, they couldn't imagine where they were going to get back into being in Champions League or, or, or in contention for winning the title. And I think they were going, right, we need a new manager and we need to spend lots of money. If you've got one or two of those, you'll kind of get a little bit further. But you know, Emery didn't spend lots of, a decent amount of money, but nothing compared to Man United, Chelsea, uh, Man City, Liverpool, all these other, and lots of other players further down the league were spending a lot more money than them. But this has been happening for Arsenal since, well, since you were there, you know, when you first went to um, the Emirates, right? Exactly. Since um, uh, we started to play at the Emirates, Arsenal, you know, lost like um, the competition, fi- financial competition compared to the other clubs. You know, the other clubs spend a lot more money compared to Arsenal. And uh, of course, for the fans, uh, they were expecting to have like a big signing, um, you know, in every season, basically, to, uh, to reinforce the team. But listen, after Arsenal, uh, you know, United came and uh, they gave his like you go to the restaurant and uh, you sit down, you have your menu. This is the options you have. This is the only ho- options we, we are going to give you. Yeah. You have to work out on it. Now, after you know, his first season, uh, you know, not many options was given to him in terms of signing players. Mm. You know, how can you compete with uh, Liverpool, Manchester City, even to Manchester United? Despite the fact uh, Manchester United didn't start the season very well, mm. you know, and they also changed the man- their manager, you know, they changed Mourinho for Solskjaer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as the season went on, they recover and uh, their performance and got the points and now they are back in the, in the in, uh, Champions League. Mm. With Arsenal, you know, uh, they basically this current squad, they are together, you know, almost everyone for about three to four years. Yeah. The point is, um, you know, Arsenal are ready to, to sign uh, the players they really need to, to enforce the, the team to fight for their competitions. Are they, the squad, you know, that strong compared to the others? where, you know, that make their, everyone the club that, um, you know, they can, they can compete. These are some points. But my opinion, Arsenal need a few players, you know, to, to enforce the team, to yeah. bring to others some, um, some different personalities, different style of, uh, of players that according to what their expectations to act, when I mean different style of players, different from what they've got, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, we spoke about it a few times, you know, a few positions, my opinion, Arsenal need. I hope after this season, you know, uh, they are prepared to, to do some, something regarding these positions. You know, most everyone is talking about, it, yeah. basically. Well, look at what happened. So, Man United weren't doing very well. In the transfer window, the winter transfer window, they bought Bruno Fernandes, who changed them completely, right? I mean, his, not only his goals, but his assists as well. The positivity he's brought in the team, he's completely changed that team. And that's what Arsenal needed to do. Uh, I think they've got the creative players. They just need someone with that energy. And I think if you compare the Manchester United team with the Arsenal team, all the Man United players were fighting. 
there doesn't seem to be much fight in the Arsenal squad. You know, if there's like from Fred, Fred's a fighter and is energetic. Every single one of those players were the minimum they would expect. The minimum Solskjaer would expect is fight. And if you're not fighting, you're out. And he wouldn't give a shit about dragging you off the bench. Sorry, dragging you off the pitch 10 minutes into a game. Arsenal don't have that type of manager or didn't have that type of manager in Emery. So they would get away with it. Like they had Xhaka who threw his shirt on, told, told all the fans to fuck off and threw a shirt on the ground. That was that incident. Imagine if that happened at Manchester United. That would just never happen at any other club, really. Um, so I think that's possibly one of the kind of things that Uno was fighting against was the, the kind of dressing room culture almost that they can feel like they can get away with things like that. I guess, uh, as you mentioned, now uh, you, with uh, Unai, he had a few difficulties to manage the squad, seems like, because he got some incidents with Shaka, uh, then Ozil as well, some insatisfaction regarding of not playing many games or being uh, sub for, for a few times. This is not, you know, this is a reflection of uh, when things it's not, it's not going well, uh, you know, in the dressing room, you know, in the training session for some, for some reason. Probably uh, one of these you mentioned before, which I also agree with you, I don't like this type of uh, things, you know, the people criticize uh, the way he communicated. It's not nice, you know, it's not, no. not really good. You have to respect that. Um, but uh, maybe he may, he, he found a little bit difficult to communicate with the players, you know, in, uh, inside the club, on the daily base, to bring them all together. Mm. I guess that um, the, the, the decision to replace him for Arteta, you know, they, let's say, um, not make, um, they try to change, you know, uh, instead of bring somebody with experience. Then, you know, they, they spent uh, so many years with us and changed to Unai. And then they made a decision to change it again. You know, and then you have, you have some options on the table. Yeah. What you go for? You go for a young, young manager. You go to an experienced one or in between of those two, you know, younger but with more experience. Mm. As long as they decide for our data, I think the criteria the criteria of it, um, I guess that um, they spoke so many times regarding this. And, uh, but it's important. Everyone supports him. You know, it's, yeah. it's important. And the good thing is that it uh, seems like the, the, the team is responding. I think this is a very important factor for any manager. Mm -hmm. Because you can bring maybe the best manager in the world. You can bring Guardiola, you can bring until you can bring Mourinho, anyone else. If the players does, do not respond on the field, it's hard for any manager. You have to support your uh, the manager's ideas because you know you make a selection of, uh, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the choice you have, you, you select one. This is the guy you have to support him. I think they have after, obviously, we did a podcast with Eddie. And he was extremely passionate and extremely pleased and, and loved working with uh, Arteta. Because um, yeah. obviously, Edu's the first 
um, footballing director that Arsenal have ever had. Because Arsenal Wenger used to do everything. Um, yeah. So he's really pleased with them until the work he did before, um, before the, during the pandemic and during the lockdown was, was brilliant. And Eddie said he was really impressed. So that's fantastic to hear. But yeah, I think people always talk about the player power at Chelsea when Lampard, Czech, John Terry were there and they would get a manager sacked because they were just that powerful. It almost seems that Arsenal don't know the player power, but the player power is like just turning off. So rather than arguing it, say we want this manager out, just kind of disassociating themselves and just going, yeah, we don't want him here, so we're just going to do nothing. We're just going to sulk uh, a little bit. And I think the passion, it needs to be on the back of the days of the Invincibles. Like, can you imagine if anyone did that? Like any of the players told the fans to fuck off and then threw a shirt on the floor with a team with Jens Lehmann, um, Martin Keown, you, Vieira, Deb Bergkamp, all the players, none of the Invincibles, it would just not happen. And it, they need to get back to the days of the characters where winning is, that's what winning is about. No break, no break in training. You play, you train as hard as you play. Um, and I think they need to have that. And hopefully that's what Mikel's going to bring, is going to bring that attitude of, if you're not fighting for it, you're off the pitch. I'd rather lose 5-0 than have your fucking ass on the pitch because that's how you're going to change the culture, right? It's true, it's true. Hey, Keon, when I spoke to Edu, you know, you mentioned that he was happy. It's important, you know, and I think the partnership of um, both of them is important for the club's you know, new uh, perspective uh, of success. And it um, seems like everyone is very happy with uh, Arteta's job. And uh, as you know, the club, uh, of course, is a lot easier for him to let's say, go through some areas, maybe some for some other manager would be, would take a little bit of time. Mm. But he, he knows everyone, this helps a lot. And he's working very hard as well. Mm. And um, everyone is very pleased with him. And it seems like uh, the players are responding to him. Mm. You know, and he, as we, we spoke a few times, the important thing for us, you know, considering a uh, very, very tough season they, they had is uh, to finish the best way they, they could. Mm. Obviously, you know, when uh, the, the football uh, starts again, I was expecting them, let's say, to go a little bit further in a better position. But uh, this is um, a result of a, a not, not a, a terrible season, but a not, not a very good as everyone expects when they start the season. Yeah. And um, let's see. Let's see how, how they will react after the season finish, make a reflection of everything, because they have a very important game to play, Saturday Cup final. You know? Yeah. You know, the mindset has to be right, because um, they are going to face a team who is... Uh, in the Champions League is a good opportunity for them as well you know they also changed the point on Lampard came mm-hmm. and um, with in a very similar situation because they didn't make many signings well they couldn't they were banned didn't they they had a two right. transfer window banned so they basically went to the youth team and he's an ex-player with not a massive amount of management experience he had one season at Derby and before that he was playing 
So he has less management experience than Mikel Arteta. So it's probably a good thing to talk about first before we go on to this bit is what, who were the options to go for to replace Unai? It was obviously Mourinho had just been sacked by Manchester United. Um, Poch had just been sacked by Spurs. Uh, and actually Arteta wasn't really available. Arsenal stole him from Man City. And obviously Pep's reported that he's unhappy with, about the approach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Man City aren't... No, I don't think anyone in football is innocent when it comes to transfers. Um, you being an agent knows better than me, but I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. <laughs> uh, so, no, I'm just saying, Exactly. Except me. Um, so, um, so the only, yeah, the only two real options... And Rafa Benitez. So Benitez was over in China. Mourinho had just been sacked by Man United. Pochettino had just been sacked by Spurs. So I don't think you could have gone for Pochettino. Even Carlo Ancelotti before. Ancelotti, yeah, yeah, great shot. Yeah. Before he signed to, to Everton. Could be another option available. But all of those would be temporary measures. And Arsenal obviously want to get back into having a long-term manager. We know Mourinho doesn't hang around for more than two or three seasons. So he was out. Pochettino had just come from, been sat by Spurs, the arch rivals. So he was never going to get signed. Um, Benitez doesn't do that long in the place either. And they're all the kind of the same kind of group of managers that do the, 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 the merry-go-round that go from one place two years and everyone switches you know Mourinho Rafa Benitez re- not replaced them but took over after Chelsea after Mourinho left the last time Mourinho took over but after from Rafa Benitez at Inter Milan after he left Ancelotti took over che- uh, took over Chelsea after Mourinho left the first time do you know what I mean so we're all they're all the three names that interchange all the time so there's nothing new yeah. and you're not going to get consistency from them I think that's one of the, the bits that the Arsenal board should be kind of giving credit to is they look for someone who is an ex-player and understands the culture of the club and a winning mentality at the club and also someone who has a small amount of experience that they can help mould into the manager that they want you know he's well learned at the prep Guardiola he had a great career as a player I think he was I think he they I think they pulled out a little diamond from somewhere that we didn't even think about because I don't think many people were talking about it uh, rather than going for, let's have Mourinho for two seasons and then think about rebuilding again. Because then you're back at square one. You're two years further down the line, but you're still not rebuilding the team. And he rips the heart out of teams. We've seen he, his last season at Chelsea, he, there was lots of unrest between the players and the staff and everything else. He did the same at Manchester United. And he's got a feeling that he'll probably rip the soul out of, out of Arsenal, uh, as he's doing with Spurs right now. So I don't think there's any options than, the, than Arteta. And I think he was by far and away the best option. If you if you look on this way, you know, uh, look for long term. And this is, is important because um, uh, they 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 experience a short term with United. You know, make made the same mistake. You know, would cost them a lot. You now a lot of um, time. You know, a lot of uh, things to um, for the for their future. And uh, deciding for out it, uh, you know, it looks like for, for, for me, and uh, uh, I agree with you, you know, it's look for, for long term. Long term uh, relationship with the manager or somebody young, you know, uh, with lots of energy. Uh, but uh, with experience of um, having been worked with one of the best managers in the world, Guardiola. Also, you know, um, before he joined Manchester City, he spent a lot of time with Arsenal and um, understanding you know, how he works and um, 
understand the culture of the club. And uh, returned to the club, some of uh, his ex-teammates still there, like Mesut Ozil. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a challenge for, for him as well, just to be on the other side of the coin. Yeah. And, um, but he has to do what is right for, for the club. And um, even though, you know, a few people asked me, oh, do you think uh, Ozil is going to play without it? I said, I don't know. Depends how hungry he is to to play again. If he if he's still hungry to play football for us, and he got quality. You know, everyone knows that. He knows better than me. But it's about him and uh, what how the managers the new managers see him right now. Yeah. His passion for you know to be on the field. You know, his passion to to do what he knows best than anyone else. Yeah, absolutely. So we both kind of agree that Arteta was a good signing. It's the right choice. It was, it was great. I think it was great when you look, you know, uh, for longevity, you know, for long-term relationship, you know. Uh, for example, when you think about Arsenal, especially with Arsenal, you know, having a manager for 22 years, this is amazing. Mm. And um, I don't think it's going to happen again in football, in the modern football. One manager lasts that long. Maybe one day I have to come here and apologize. You know, I made a mistake, but <laughs> I don't. I don't hopefully, s- won't be, hopefully, won't be doing our same podcast in twenty-two years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe change, you know, change yeah. something. Yeah, maybe my but, book be a bit better by then. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good chance for you to start. <laughs> and uh, but um, yeah, I, I don't think you know any manager lasts that long anymore in modern football. But um, thinking longevity without it uh, is, a, is a good option. And the good thing is because the player is, is responding. I mentioned before, you know, if the player does not respond for any manager, it's very hard. But I hope now, you know, for the next season, you know, the club is preparing something to give him, you know, uh, some options in the menu yeah. for him to choose the marketing. Well, that's what uh, Edu said he's working on, isn't he? When we spoke to him, he said that he's working really closely with him because he has to have the vision for short-term wins because the manager needs to get some wins and some success short-term. But Edu's obviously looking for the long-term stuff as well. And I guess that's what Chelsea have done well since the Brambridge took over is their, their youth team is full of amazing players. So when, when they had their transfer ban, they had Mason Mount coming through. They had Reese James coming through. Uh, they had... Other players, <laughs> can't think of any right now, but they had maybe four or five players that managed to step up. Because don't forget last season, they lost Hazard. It was most of their attacking flair came from Hazard and most of their goals came from Hazard as well, right? Um, yeah. So they lost their best player and couldn't, re- couldn't replace him. And this is the, this is what makes, you know, um, the match of the game for me, honestly. Because, um, uh, you, you cannot depend in, in any club of uh, just one play, one best player you may have. Because uh, if this player has moved away from another club or if he got injury, you must have options. This is, a, this is a when uh, this old staff, the management, work well. You know, to evaluate the players you've got in the squad. But also work very close to the academy uh, coach to get all the information from, you know, who is the best players from the academy, who can, uh, you know, can have some options, uh, can be used for a few games and start to have a, a few minutes 
on the pitch for the first team because in a few years' time, they are going to be there. They need to be ready to, uh, to feel all that pressure to, to represent the club in the best way they can. It's important on the communication side of the club, you know, between uh, the staff from the, the first team and the, the academy. Mm. Now, knowing these players well, and um, the point when uh, they lost Haza, uh, put everyone in a position to act. Now we have to do, we don't have him anymore. Mm. We cannot expect, you know, I don't know how many goals he can produce us, how many assistants. We have to do it by ourselves because well, he's think, not there. I think a lot of the players thought, saw it as an opportunity for themselves to get into the squad. So rather than think it as a negative, they all thought it was, it was an opportunity. And that's the positive mindset that, that Chelsea have had for a longer time. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is very positive for the players who are desperate to, to get an, uh, a chance to play. And, um, you know, and then they lost their, their best players. And they managed to, to finish the season in the best way they could. You know, they are qualified for the Champions League. They are in the FA Cup final against Arsenal. It would be great, very interesting, honestly, to, to see this final. Mm. You know, to Absolutely, see yes. two young managers, you know, uh, managing big clubs, yep. clubs they play, but also with uh, a very positive uh, perspective for, for their future in the club. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And both midfielders as well, both central midfielders. I think I, I will consider to start my, my budget, maybe. <laughs> One day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so how did we think Arteta first got on when he first started just before the lockdown? Obviously, it's unfortunate that he, well, not only the lockdown happened, mm. but he also got the coronavirus, didn't he? Yeah. That's tough for him, you know. He, he started the season, seems uh, very positive, everyone su supporting him a lot. And then the pandemic came, and him and everyone has to stop. And after that, he got the virus. Mm. You know, he had to fight himself, you know, to be uh, healthy and um, and uh, looking move forward, you know. But imagine if how hard it was for him because you know uh, you just arrived in the in the club in your first job as a first as a manager, you know, big club like Arsenal, full of expectation, and then you know as as you start to work and then you have to stop because of all this pandemic. Uncertainty came to him and everyone. He got the virus. But also, he needs to deal with his um, personal condition uh, to be healthy, to be 100% cured. And uh, also, switch his mind, switch his attention about the club, about the responsibility. I, I, I imagine it, this was not really really easy no. to manage not very easy to manage no absolutely not uh, but uh, he has done well and um, I think um, especially after, after the start of football again I, we could see that he was still energetic you know uh, looking forward for better results and was tough not very not uh, let's say in the best condition to have his first season as a manager. No, but, <laughs> you know, what I, I really believe, I truly believe that tough times make better person. 
Yeah. Now, uh, make, uh, let's say, change children to a man, uh, boys to a man. Yeah. And uh, maybe for some people are not very responsible, make them think on a different way to be responsible for their actions. I think this tough time is, is teaching us a lot of things. You know, and uh, one of the things is to be very patient. It's not everything is about our times, about ourselves. Another thing is to be resilient and uh, to face the challenge. Because this, this tough time, you know, for him, for the club, there is a lot of challenge for all the clubs, for everyone. But also to be, you know, positive in their mind to support the others. And uh, now as the football is back, you know, we could see, uh, for example, the Liverpool game, you know, the satisfaction of him of, uh, and all the players to win the games against the, the champions. Yeah. It's some incredible achievement. Well, they them. beat Man City in the semi-final as well. <laughs> well, they had, first they had a low point, didn't they? So I think it was their third game Spurs. back. They had Spurs before Liverpool. <laughs> they lost. Uh, 2-1 but they had a, a good game in my opinion yep. then they lost uh, the day one against Liverpool tough game and then one against Manchester City you know? three yeah. tough opponents in a row I think you know? if you go further back than that they lost to Brighton I think that was probably the lowest part yeah. uh, obviously kind of families of Brighton fans and living near Brighton we were, we were amazingly pleased that they beat Arsenal but they just didn't look, look did, they just didn't look like they had any fight and I think Arsenal's fault at the moment is that when they're playing the big games against the Man Cities and the Liverpools and things, the cameras are on them and they like the limelight. When it comes to playing the lower level teams, like a Brighton who are going to fight it out for you, like a Burnley, like a Sheffield United, where they've got to be aggressive and be strong, that's where they kind of, that's what lets them down. They're not, they don't have the aggressive passion and happy to get pushed off the ball. They're happy that. Uh, Sheffield United put their tactics onto them rather than the other way around. I think that's where their weak culture potentially kind of comes from. Um, so yeah, so I think I think it's I think he's finished on a really high. I think he's finished pretty much as best as he could. If you had imagined that you had a semi final, you had the um, North London derby, then you had the Liverpool next. Was it Man City next? It was Man City next in the semi final, and then Liverpool. You know, you'd expect them to beat Spurs. We'd expect them to lose to Man City and lose to Liverpool. And in fact, it was the exact opposite. And it cost you yeah. 15 press-ups. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I got back. You know, I got you did, back you did. the last game. Last game they oh, won. yeah, I've got to do 15. I've got to you, you lost. Yeah, on Thursday. Yeah. I'm doing on Thursday. It's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah, but well, I think that, they're I think, right. I think, you're like you said, they need, unlike on the last, last podcast, they need to finish strong. So how do you feel yeah. they finished? was important um, to win the last game, you know, maybe not, the, let's say, they, they looked like quite comfortable in the game and then they conceded two goals. But the lack of consistency over the, the past, past few years, this has been very, very tough for them to compete for the top of the table or to fight for the title. And I think this, uh, this inconsistency from the team you know, not only this season, but the season before, maybe two, three seasons ago, has been basically the same. Because before we, um, they got blamed because they were not fighting, not, not winning against the big teams. Now they prove differently. Now, for example, 
they, they got three big teams in a row, as you mentioned. We may expect them to win against Spurs and lose that to Liverpool and Manchester City. They did the opposite. <laughs> and, but then you have like very inconsistency when you have to play Brighton. This is, with all my respect, of course, to Brighton's uh, players. But it's a kind of uh, game Arsenal need to get two points if they want yeah. to, uh, to fight for something, if you, they want to fight for, for the titles, if they want to, to play the, uh, the Champions League again. You know, this is a kind of point they cannot miss mm. because it's, it's quite normal if they lose you know, uh, for, for the big clubs. Not every time, of course, but have... Um, you know, if you play eight games against the big clubs in the season, you may got 50% of the points. You are not in a, in a very bad position. Yeah. Well, how but, far uh, three points take them up the league? I think three points, points will get them up maybe two or three positions, maybe even four positions. Yeah. Uh, and then it will be, it'll be tough. You know, this, this is tough thing when you look back because you can't do anything because then you end up regretting oh, we should have gone better against this team and that team missed this point. Listen, it's over. Mm. But um, they have a, let's say, the last shot of the season you know, to finish positive, mm. um, winning the, the FA Cup. And I hope they, they manage that. It would be great mm. for everyone. I think we'll give them a lift in the end of the season, throughout it especially. I think for all the board, you know, to give them the comfort uh, regarding, you know, the, the, since, uh, you know, the, they, may, they decide to make the change in the club, give them the, the, the condition to think, oh, may, maybe the, the, the decision was right. We have achieved something and let's go for the next step. Let's look forward, let's see what we can do better and uh, make an evaluation to, to work hard and, and fast. Mm. Yeah, so we said we, there was going to be three hours to talk about. So one was the Emery sack. We both kind of agree that while it's never nice to see someone lose their job, it was probably the right decision and they gave him 18 months. So we both kind of agree that that was the right decision? Yeah. Yeah. Then we both agree that Arteta was the right choice to hire for the next manager. We both think it was a really good choice. And then they finished fairly strongly. So if we analyse it in the three areas we've covered, it's not been that bad a season. If you take out the position they were in the league, which was eighth, they were, weren't doing well when Mikel Arteta took over. So Arsenal, I would say Arsenal as a club, have, have turned the corner a little bit. You know, They've made a strong decision to lose Emery and they've never sacked a manager during the season before. That's the first time they've ever done that. They recruited someone who has very little management experience but is a legend. Well, not a legend, maybe, but as an ex-player. And they finished the season quite strongly, beating the current champions and the new champions and are in the final of a cup. And I think the FA Cup gets you into the Champions League. If they win the FA Cup, I think they're in the Champions League. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that if they won it, they're in the Champions League. So if they can't win this on Saturday, my son would be mortified and very unhappy. But... Um, but Arsenal, then in the Champions League, all of a sudden, it's a pretty damn good season, I think. Losing your manager, global lockdown, I'd say that's a pretty positive end to a pretty positive season compared to where they were 
in November? I think the, when, um, b- before they signed him, there was a lot of uncertainty, mm. you know, because of, uh, I think it was not uh, working well. Um, a lot of uh, confusion between uh, the manager and uh, the, some players, you know. Seems like the connection was not there. It's not mm. a connection between, uh, uh, 100% connection between you and I and a few of the players. But then they made a decision change, you know. It seems like uh, things relax, you know. Everyone starts to work again in peace. You know, all this problem, if you look, you know, once they made the decision, we didn't have any more problems with the players. None of their players have a problem with their manager, mm-hmm. with the manager, you know. And it um, seems like uh, Mikel and everyone control this kind of situation in the dressing room for them to finish the season the best way, you know. Yeah. Finish peace, but also, you know, looking forward to finish well. And um, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, to find, uh, to make this, this type of decision. Sometimes, but you have to do. You are there in this position. For example, we spoke to Edu, you know, uh, how hard it's been for him. You know, the, it's been very challenging, but they are working very hard to make the best decisions as, as they can for the club, to bring the club back to, to the glory days, uh, to fight for the titles, to be back in the Champions League. This is what the, the guys are doing, but... Um, Sometimes, you know, you cannot, you cannot get the results you know, as fast as you, you expect. Mm. But I hope um, all they've learned from this tough season they've got, you know, uh, with all the ingredients, they uh, make them stronger for, for the next season. But, you know, remember again, you know, they still have one game left, which is very important. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so I think obviously now's the transfer window coming up soon, I guess. We've spoken about it on the live shows, but let's talk about it in a little bit more depth now. So what do we think? Well, what do we? What do you think? Is your show? What do you think? Um, so what areas do you think they need to kind of sign? Um, centre back, uh, central midfield. Yeah, special. Especially, I think they need somebody special in the central midfield to, to be the guy who can give a better balance mm. between the defenders and, and the attacking players. Mm. You know, somebody who can stay there and uh, be the, uh, the guy who's, you know, give them stability. Because uh, it was quite tough for, for the defenders many, many times. You know, they got a lot of the blame during the season. Of course, they made mistakes. You know, few of them cost a lot to the club, cost a lot of points. But um, honestly, when I I watch many of their games, I don't see them uh, protected enough by you know uh, the 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 central midfield Arsenal got at the moment. Mm. I think Shaka he 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 was quite unstable during the season. Mm. We deny a few moments, a few hard moments with the fans, and uh, um, but after that he he calmed down and uh, he got 
the, 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 the good stability again. Mm. But um, I mentioned before, it would be great to have somebody there to play with him mm. because he can move forward sometimes, you know. He can um, shot from outside. But despite the fact he's not the fastest player you know, in, the, in, this, in the middle of the park mm. of Arsenal in this position. But uh, he needs somebody with good energy to stay there and uh, I would rather have him in a more central, in the center, mm-hmm. between the defenders, you know, uh, in fr- uh, sorry, in front of them, instead of a um, few times I've seen him more uh, floating uh, in the middle of the park, you know, as I have seen many of the games. I don't, I don't think it's the best position for him, but I'm not the manager. You know, I just make the analysis from outside. You just somebody. blow the podcast. Sorry? You said you're just a man with the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, from here, I can manage, you know, the position <laughs> very, very easy. <laughs> exactly. Very, very easy. But I think, you know, if he got, if he stayed there, um, you know, more um, uh, in the cent- in front of the defenders and have somebody who can be like no- number number eight, would yeah. be beneficial to him unless they bring somebody who can be this guy to give the uh, good stabilization for for the defenders and those for the attacking plays. But uh, this is uh, uh, the position I, I think. If uh, they can keep Aubameyang, I was just about to say all, that. Yeah, and all the the attacking players, Arsenal look very strong up front. Mm. But yeah. they need a few a few players, you know. Just to complement what they've got. Yeah, I think I think they've got the flair players. You know, they've got the um, the players with which are attacking that can get them goals. They just need to shore up the defence so they don't let goals in the other way. And I don't think they have that that the hunger um, to to defend as much as they have the hunger to to go and score a great goal. Like they've scored some great goals this season, like some amazing team goals. I can't remember who they're playing against, but I remember there was an amazing team goal. Uh, before lockdown um, so I just think they need someone who's just going to be a little bit dirty do you know what I mean who's going to be a little bit a bit of a maybe a bit of a, a bad, bad guy you want to say you need the bad guy the bad guy you need another <laughs> arsehole like Gilberto Silva almost there yeah but do you know what I mean someone like that but you know you're not a bad person you know you're a nice guy off the pitch but I imagine during the pitch you weren't much nice to play against because you've read the game so well, and you, you knew what your role was, was to carry the piano to let Bergkamp and Thierry play it. And the point, you know, um, when people talk about uh, defending well, some mm. people, some, uh, when I see a few comments, sometimes I, I make, you know, some, um, some notes, and uh, well, how the team can defend well. It's only about the defenders. It's only about, um, for example, one player being criticized a lot. Uh, David Luiz, for example. A few it's times Mustafi. Yeah, a few times Mustafi. Okay, they made their mistakes. You know, when is it the individual area? It's hard, you know, sometimes to, to defend the guys, you know. Okay, they made a, defend, uh, a mistake, you know, and uh, let's keep concentration for for the game. But um, 
how the team can defend well is just about the defenders, just about the midfield. Sometimes, you know, the, the good defend, defensive team starts from the guys up front. For example, we see a few times uh, the games I watched a few times Monster United play. You know, uh, if you see all the guys up front, when they lose the ball, they just drop back. Yeah. If they cannot put pressure, they just drop back. Everyone uh, com- uh, be, you know, they, they make lines and uh, they are composed to defend again, try to, to get the ball back. If you see Manchester City, Manchester City, this is what they do when they, they lose the ball. You know, sometimes, you know, watching their games, you know, they keep the possession because they, when they lose it, they hate to try back one behind the ball. No, because they, they, the way they are trained, you know, for example, I've played against Barcelona when Pepe was the coach and I've watched them many, many times. You see, their game is about possession. But when they lose the ball, they, because they got most of the possession, they are fresh. Yeah. The team are very tired yeah. to run after the ball. But when they lose the ball, what they do is just put pressure immediately to get the ball back. Yeah. You know? But when this is about, you know, uh, for everyone, especially when you are not playing well, it's important to, to compose fast when you lose the ball and uh, try to get it again. You know, and a few times, uh, as a team, you didn't defend well. And where it, it reflects, at the back, you know, center back, and your goalkeeper made a lot of saves. The goal, the, the defenders made more mistakes than what's normal, and uh, the ball crossing the area all the time, and uh, everyone uh, shot, shot on goal, and uh, obliging everyone to work very hard at the back. You know? I think it's important everyone uh, be aware of that. It's not only about the defenders, it's not only about some kind of medical, it's about all the team. You know, you play, uh, you win or lose as a team. If you are not, um, Defending well is because your team is not working well defensively. Yeah. Start up front, you know, when they lose the ball. Great point. Nice, cool. Yeah, All right, mate. So I think we feel, we both feel it's been a, a a tricky, a tough season for Arsenal, but I think they've finished well. They made the right approaches, and they're setting themselves up for potentially, hopefully, with some good signings. They'll um, they'll have a more positive season next season. Yeah, yeah, sure. We have to look forward, and I think they have to be positive for the next season. Everyone keeping work hard, you know, especially the, the management side, to work hard, you know, to make um, that decision in terms of who are they are, they are going to sign. You know, if they are in, a, in the best position to sign, because uh, the, the marketing outside the field is very competitive. Mm. You know, it's not only about the money, who is fast, who is assertive. It's not only about being fast, it's not only about have, having the money, but to find the right player to bring to, to our squad. I hope they, they, they do a good job for the next season um, to complement what they are still missing from, from this season. And be positive because they have a um, final to play. And, um, but also, you know, um, from outside, you know, the guy from the staff point of view, they need to keep working, working to find what um, 
what can be good for them for the next season to, to bring, to add quality and personality to the squad. Cool. It's been nice actually talking to you because normally we've had a guest on for like the last five weeks. So it's uh, nice to have uh, just talk to you for a change. Always great, my friend. Always great cool, cool. to talk to you. I think uh, we cover so many areas from from Boston. Yeah, you know, we maybe not everything. We cannot cover everything. We need to leave something for the next road. Yeah, we've got nothing to talk about, otherwise. <laughs> we've got a few weeks without football. <laughs> exactly. But I'm um, look really looking forward for this this cup final. Hope Arsenal um, finish the season with uh, FA Cup trophy. Would be fantastic for them. You know, very positive for everyone to be. Uh, let's say uh, finish the season with a good image and look forward for the next season. Uh, when they are back, you know, they return uh, stronger, uh, mentally especially, uh, to to fight for for the title again. But I'm I'm very looking forward for, for this final. Wanna bet? Mm, I don't know you bet. want. Have a bet. I'll go three two Chelsea. Oh, no way. 2-1 Arsenal. <laughs> what are we doing on this time? Um, 15 abs. I can't, right? I've got such a bad back, I can't do chin-ups. I can do something else. Ah, okay, you choose. Squats. Okay. No okay. problem. No, mate. It's good. Fantastic, my friend. Thank you. Great mate. talk to you. Great talk to you. Once again, my friend. Hope uh, keep yourself well. Looking forward for this final game of uh, the season for Arsenal and Chelsea. And um, all the best.